Hello, hello. Welcome back to the um, Not Your Average Nutrition Chats. Um, I have Morgan with me here. This is Ada. And we are... Is it for episode 10? Which Morgan has been laughing at me, but it's okay. Uh, we're going to talk about... We're going to talk... So we talked a lot about perfectionism. And we talked a lot about tools and strategies. And just how to live your life when life gets hard. And how to adjust everything. And today we thought we're going to bring to you how a little bit more on that evolution and how life changes and we're going to talk about how our journeys as a coach switched and shifted and evolved over the years as we um both kind of started our journeys in one there's still you know it's this it's still the same road it's still the same avenue but they've shifted and morphed and specified and specialized and kind of i'm assuming and for me but also for you i mean that's i think that's how every single coach's journey changes is the 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 way we coach morphs with how what we go through right and what we experience and what we really want to focus on and i think that's a beautiful like thing to talk about to get more of an insight on you know not only our journey but just like how we coach too yeah i think i'm you said it perfectly in that uh, how our coaching evolves over time is really reflective of how we personally evolve over time, right? Um, because the content that we put out there, right, is a reflection of what maybe we're going through or what's on our mind. And then it attracts people who that resonates with and it just kind of continues to snowball from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh like i think about my journey a lot and i've been talking about my journey a lot and it's 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 like we when we coach it's it's almost like we're it's like that one step ahead right so we've worked through something we we conquered something or we transform you know transition from something and it's like well now i have this knowledge and i want to talk about it and that automatically like you said attracts the people that were in our spot just like two steps ago and and we get to help that so as our as as our life evolves and as our priorities change i think that's a big one too is as as you're you know you start wanting to help people obviously and then all of a sudden you start you know your worldview started starts to change you 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 understand a lot more on of what goes on and and what what goes on in this journey and what it takes on this journey and it just like your priorities all of a sudden change and and you bring that into your coaching too with you know us being on the same avenue but kind of on like two different spectrums right yeah. with like very you having you as this more on like more of a typical nutrition you know performance coach who also you know beautifully um incorporates lifestyle into that and then me being on that this more very heavy lifestyle side with yeah. you know a lot of it being more mindset and and less nutrition and and definitely not training because we left that far we left that we left that a long time ago um <laughs> but like that you know that nutrition coming in from a different angle from that not spe- not not specific not specified not macro focused and um and i think that 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 tells a lot about like the what we've went through and what we've discovered about ourselves right I'm so excited to learn more about 
how your coaching has evolved because I've seen it from the outside, right? But when we met, we met in um, TWK. And then, you know, I've seen and have gotten to know you as a coach, as a nutrition coach. But then I would say like over the last like, what has it been 18 months a year or so like there's been this evolution or change in the content that you've put out and um the topics that you talk about right and it started to shift away from nutrition i remember just off the top of my head watching you walk and you were like doing IG stories as you were walking and then talking about your experiences in a caloric deficit. And I was like, I cannot see you doing that now. Right. On social media. Um, and so I think that's like, that's a great place to start, you know, start the conversation and how um, your coaching has shifted over the last few years. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, I don't foresee myself talking about a caloric deficit. I, I can I can't say that it hasn't crossed my mind, um, but definitely not my focus. And I love that you bring that up because I, I often go back to my, like, you know, like just looking back at the memories of like where I started and excuse my dogs because they're going to like lose their minds right now. Can you please stop? <sighs> um, but I did start as a very like typical nutrition coach and I I'm thinking I'm going back like way far like that's what I wanted to be I wanted to be a weight loss coach you know back when in 2018 when that was still you know it's like everybody and their mother was becoming a nutrition a weight loss coach <laughs> right and, and, and it, it because my journey was then it was a weight loss thing right so I I went through um my own weight loss I was like oh I'm gonna help people do that because I weave through so much information on the internet and then um, my transition and or my transformation really started when I uh, invested in my own growth for the first time as a coach. I did my first little um, mentorship and I still really like that was the pivotal point on how I positioned myself as as a coach because I did a mentorship that really dove deep into food freedom and and self-sabotage and emotional eating and like all of the background mechanics of it the psychological mechanics of it and and that really shifted things for me from being like hey i want to set your macros to that does not vibe with me anymore because of, of how much trauma that caused me and just seeing the background mechanics and that was my first really uh like experience with like psychology like i i've i've kind of walked and talked psychology my whole life according to my mom uh but like that was my first like learning you know like this is what goes in the background and that made so much sense to me and i was like this is what i want to do like i don't want to be yes i'm gonna help you like if weight loss is you know your your thing that you want to do like I'm, i'm gonna help you do that but i'm gonna help you on that on that other level of figuring out why you can't do it like they're really the the background like psychological mechanisms of of self of sabotaging of emotional eating of you know being addict, addicted to food quote unquote and that really started shifting my view of who i want to be and transition really into that freedom because that's what i was going like that's what i was working through myself that's what i was getting myself away from was macros was 
Whole30 was, Paleo was, all of that stuff that I talked about in, you know, previous episodes here. Like, if you are new here, go back to episode zero when we talk about our journey, because I think that also <laughs> shines a lot, uh, a, a lot of light. And and I'm still, like, in that, that, I think that was the start of it being a nutrition coach. But even then, it didn't feel like a nutrition coach. Because when you think about nutrition coach or a nutritionist, like, oh, I'm going to give you a meal plan. I'm going to tell you exactly what you do. I'm going to set your macros. And, you know, that's what I'm going to do for you. Versus what I was doing is more of this, you know, this transformation, like food freedom, body image, guidance that would a lot of my clients came out of it not wanting weight loss anymore like coming in was like oh set my macros for me we would do that for a few months and then we'd have all of these deep meaningful conversations about why it's not working what's not working what makes you take that that's not working what are you prioritizing what are you forgetting to prioritize in your life and they would come out and say oh my god like i don't actually want to do this Right. So it became this like freedom coaching and all like from there, I'm still heavily like body image and food freedom is like my 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 favorite thing in the world. And I there's so many people that are so they're still so tight, especially in body image. Like that's near and dear to my heart because of remembering how it was not to be okay in my body because and I, I know you relate to that as well and body dysmorphia and just being locked in this cage of not being okay and not thinking that you're worth and you know good enough and nothing you do not no matter how your body looks like nothing has ever brought you to happiness and and that's still a very big part of my coaching is I want I want you to be happy and I think that's where like again over the last year i've i've invested even in a more in a deeper level of a mentorship and that switch and that's where i think a lot of my content shifted again because i started to realize like i'm really not a nutrition coach anymore yes you're coming to me with you know like not being able to stop eating or emotional eating or you know i don't know why i can't stay accountable to myself or or I'm dealing with my body a lot and I don't know how to lose weight or whatever it is. But all in all, like that, what we dive into is not food. Right. Like that nutrition gets off the table. And it's like, no, no, no. There's other things like that we're going to tackle on that more subconscious level. There's a lot of work that I do. Emotions are are my favorite thing. Again, like it's like I love emotions. And whenever I tell that to my clients, they're like, are you nuts? <laughs> are you nuts <laughs> like i love this for you. it's like i'm struggling like, i love this for you let's let's break this open um so it morphed away from that like really heavily food focused which felt really limited to me yeah. when i was like just focusing that um to Wait, so this talk more, talk more about that because i'm i very much relate to this yeah. and your whole story and when you were coaching just using numbers like when you were that traditional nutrition coach that was like okay here's you know your plan yeah here's your macros was what sort of challenges did that bring up for you as a coach i felt and it brings up it's funny because when i think about it now it brings up a lot of 
anxiety <laughs> for me because it felt one it was beginnings of my journey so I was still trying to figure out what I'm doing how I'm doing it and how I'm really creating an impact and I think what I've learned is just I did re like at the beginning I didn't realize a lot on just those like strict plans and it felt really it felt like something was missing like it was it wasn't enough because when then you know the macros don't work and I'm like what the, the excuse my friends what the fuck am I supposed to do now like you know you have all of this the knowledge aren't working or like were clients coming back to you and with other challenges both that the numbers, like, yes yes it was like it was twofold because the numbers weren't working but all in all it wasn't the numbers that weren't working it was that deeper thing that i couldn't I, I couldn't see i saw but i couldn't see right or i saw or i wasn't and i wasn't sure how I to do that yeah. yeah right because it was like okay well you know I, i'm giving you numbers and it's not working right so you're not losing the weight and you're getting more progressively more frustrated and and that gave me a lot of i wasn't secure as a coach back then um so that gave me a lot of like negative feelings, like feedback of like okay what the hell right like what what now like where do i go from this like i see that there's something missing i just don't know how to deal with this now i don't know how to talk to this now and it it just felt really like repetitively limiting that i was just re relying on that and then as i was doing my first mentorship i was like oh like these are the conversations that i can be having and and from a very beginning i was a very one-to-one -one coach so it was you know the, the video chats and like actual conversations with people and i love doing that i um, love yeah. i love that that's like the focal point of your business and your coaching like approach yeah i i love it like I, I like eventually down the road i do see like a group thing going on and or something like that but i just love the attention because I just love having those deep conversations and not while all of them are similar not everyone will like there is a different spin to a conversations that we're going to have there's a different thing that i'm going to hold your emotions there's there's so many different things that you know as if you are a little bit more of a mental in air quotations because you just keep everything in your head like we're gonna do something different for you if you are fully aware of your emotions like we're gonna do something different for you so it's just like bringing that additional like there's like now I feel like limitless like there's no more of this like box of like hey we're coming like this you're you're you require macros and that's what we're going to do like no there's like so much in this sea of healing that that we can do that we can work through that we can break through and and it started to shift and while again like body image like that's again like getting you out of body image issues and learning how to be like unconditionally confident and like not relying on food or macros or watches or workouts or whatever like that's i if i can do that for you like if i can hold space for you for that fantastic like that's my that what makes me happy um but then i started getting more other clients that are completely not nutrition related and that's been a fun development is that like the majority of your clients now or when you do work with someone who comes to you with like seeking nutrition guidance do you use macros is that something that you like i haven't in a long time and i think that's because i also work with people for like longer periods of time so what we start with 
a few months pass and they don't necessarily we don't necessarily use them anymore so while again it's like i will be there for you if you want to try something it's like if you're gonna insist on you know it's like i just want to use microphones like okay we'll do this while but that's a background right that's not a foreground of the work we'll do this we'll check in on the macros but at the same time we're gonna do all of this other thing right and now you feel and also like i have clients that i've worked with for over a year that's like she's like okay i'm just gonna like track my macros for a while i'm like okay you're empowered to do that by yourself now like i don't have to hold your hand with it you don't have to check in with me on it while we're working on the other things that are kind of keeping you stuck in the things that you know you're, you're wanting to progress it's funny because I do like, I would say that it's almost the opposite, <laughs> but prioritizing the same topic. Uh-huh. And I love that, right? Like, but it's yeah. like, but I, that's what I love about us is like, I, like I have, I'm like free in this moment and like this, this part of the, 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 the industry. And you're yeah. like, no, but, but there's so much for this and for yeah, me here. And that's really, what drives me. We really round it out. Not like pun intended, I guess. Um, because as you're saying that you ease people out of macro tracking i ease them into it often Mm -hmm. um and but still prioritizing all of the same things that you're talking about right where it's diving into the emotional patterns or like drivers of the you know the decision making that's going Mm on and really building confidence there and getting people to see that they're not, you know, just fit in this fixed state. They're not the, you know, I stress eat or I'm a stress eater yeah. or I um, will always hate my body or I, whatever, I can't achieve what I want to. I have a hard time being consistent. Like these are all things that you can change over time mm-hmm. um, and building their, you know, their belief in themselves again and then often once they get to a good place it's like okay i feel really good i want to work on these more specialized goals with you know much more of an understanding Mm -hmm. of who i am as a person um what these goals mean in relation to that and what i am willing and not willing to do to achieve these goals and so it's it's very much like on the opposite side of the spectrum right versus um you're more on the lifestyle side but blending all of these topics that you just don't see on social media right (laughs) a lot in there (laughs) that side was filled with motion because i think it's as someone who supports people and has been supporting people on these topics watching what is popular right now on social media you know those like motivational reels and and coaches that have like you know the um the speaker on their chest while they're oh yes 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 um the days in a life and stuff like that i see i see those come by and they're just so cookie cutter and they don't acknowledge any of the foundational things that we're talking about like emotions and how emotions can you know drive our our behavior and our decision making um and like you're saying body image is completely different so if you are thinking that you're going to sign up for a 1999 program um that shoots out macros to you um on a weekly basis based on your weigh-ins and that that's going to achieve happiness for you you're sorely mistaken and so it's frustrating 
as someone, um, and I'm sure you feel the same way, as we work with people one-on-one -on -one and we see how much depth there is, it's like an iceberg, right? Like we see the tip on social media, but as coaches who serve people one-on-one, -on -one, we know that there's like this enormous amount of, of depth to it that just isn't. It's, it's impossible. And I think part of, there was moments where I, as I was transitioning and figuring out what I teach, like there were moments where I stepped away from social media and I haven't been on much recently because life got lifey yeah. <laughs> as for our last topic. But I stepped away because I was like, there is so much depth. Like there is no way you can convey something like in, it was such a struggle to convey something in a reel or in a post or in whatever, because you know there's the emotional stuff and then i a lot of the times dive in even further right and we take it to the conscious the subconscious the memories the things that your body remembers that you don't even know that you operate under and and the traumas related and the fears and whatever that are stored in your body from like freaking 30 years ago that you have no idea that you're operating on that and and it's it is frustrating to see when you when you mention when you mention motivational speakers, I like sighed because and rolled my eyes because some of the like toxic motivation yeah. that I see from from public figures that are, you know, millions of followers and I'm not gonna name names because I don't even remember, but my husband showed me like a guy recently that's like it pushes it, there's still this push for always being on and like never giving up and and you know you don't want it hard enough and if you're not showing up you know 110% every single day then you don't want it and part of my coaching is also um healing from those kinds of yeah. mindset where you're just like you feel like a failure because you took a day off or you you know you don't want to do something like i had a client who came to the realization that she was like i don't like fitness yeah i remember you talking about that yeah. like and i you don't ever hear people talk talk about that on social media because it doesn't seem like a win like in, in the right. context what is commonly shown um it's it's a lot it's a lot and i agree i have a really hard time so showing up on social media as well because the topics are hard to portray in these like eight second reels that people seem to love. That's you know? the only attention span that we get is like, if you wanna, you know, then you probably notice that if you talk on stories for the, the full minute that it allows you, nobody yeah. listens to that. Like the attention span of is like eight seconds. I'm like, what am I gonna tell you in eight seconds? Right. Nothing. It's, it's on my end, right? I, because I, so I came from like a CrossFit background and again, I talked about it in um, the first episode and a huge part that was missing from that community was it was very much like what you were saying, very motivational, very, very like show up and give 110% every single day. Um, no excuses, like just applauding people in very extreme situations, um, taking very extreme measures. And that was me, right? I mm -hmm. lost my whole family from addiction and I am raising, I was raising three very young children within the context of an active duty um, 
military setting and I was very much alone. And so I was like in the gym two weeks postpartum with like a belly wrap, like doing mm-hmm. 35 pound cleans. And I got a lot of attention for that because it was like, wow, look at what you're able to do. You're unstoppable. And so in my head, it was like, it seems so silly looking back, but that was like, I'm unstoppable. Like it was like an addiction, Mm -hmm. uh, but very an external one, you know, that like Mm -hmm. reassurance that I'm on the right track. Um, And I had never gotten positive attention before really. So um, hearing that, I just kept showing up and I kept doing more and more and more and more. And then I started, my body just started to just communicate that it was not happy whatsoever. I I was losing so much hair on the top of my head and I was having a hard time keeping weight on. And I, I don't know how else to explain it, but I just felt fried. Like I felt like, I had wires in my body. They were just like split and frayed and like, you know, just frizzles all over. Just like, yeah, yeah. my spirit fingers, but that's what I'm doing. (laughs) Um, That's how I felt. And like, I would wake up and I would put my all into this like seven minute session or this 60 minute class. And I would walk away. And like, if I did a good job, if, if I was like number one on the leaderboard, then I was a good person that day. And I was on the right track. And if I didn't, then I would beat the shit out of myself. Yeah. And I felt like crap. I left the gym regardless. Um, and so from that, I, the pandemic hit gym shut down and I had a bunch of equipment in my garage and I, um, like right before the pandemic hit, I found Katie and her program TWK. And like, I was like sneakily doing it while also coaching CrossFit because I was looking for a change. And so I was just like fully committed when the gym shut down. I was like, here's this program with this community. And I basically just displaced all of the emotions that were going on in CrossFit and applied them to TWK. And that like, first year or so Mm -hmm. where I was like, I'm going to lift the most amount of weight Mm -hmm. and I want everyone to see it. And I want the most amount of attention. And at any time, like I did well, I was good. And like with everything that was going on in the world, it was like, um, this like therapeutic relationship, but on a very external level. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you know, at the time I was focusing mostly on the physical where I was like, I need to gain weight. I need to de-stress my body. And I did focus on that. Like if I were to give myself credit, good job, Morgan of the past, because I um, started eating a lot more and I did use a macro approach because that's what I had known. Mm -hmm. Um, And I gained weight and I allowed myself to gain weight and it wasn't super structured. I just gave myself space to gain weight. And I will say like, it was helpful in that we weren't leaving our house. Yeah, for sure. So I was like, if this is the time that I'm going to experiment with this, this is when I'm going to do it. time, right. You know, all of that like external judgment isn't there. Um, and then I realized that I was getting really good at knowing what I needed and how it made my body feel. And so I started decreasing the amount that I was tracking every day. Uh, so I went from tracking my macros seven days a week, everything that I ate to like, doing it only on the weekdays 
and then doing it only three times a week and then doing it one time a week and then doing it maybe like one time a month just to like get a feel for mm -hmm. like what my intake looked like and looking back like yeah i'm like really proud of myself that i took that initiative because it built so much confidence in not needing that external tool to know what i need right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i could just go out like we weren't going out because it was because it was the pandemic you couldn't go out and we yeah we were just you know at home but i would make like family nacho night like and like real tortilla chips cheese like full fat like the whole thing and i would just like make my plate based on what i knew would make me feel satiated mm -hmm. um and so that was like a really good period of time and really just like restorative for me um and so i took that into my coaching when i mm -hmm. decided to fully leave crossfit and open up my own coaching business that was something that i wanted to teach other people to do because i saw the value in it right mm -hmm. i was like wow this is like a chance to tie in all of the knowledge that i've learned on the macro side and really like put it in an empowering way that's like yeah. that, that works for you right that that really teaches you like what, what... you're yeah right. right and that's a powerful thing like i love macros for that because there's instances where it's and i mean a it's the most efficient way to do this like it's a fantastic tool yeah right and like, like you know a tool is only as good as the brain who's applying it right and yeah, so it, it was not a great tool for, i mean it was it but it wasn't <laughs> for some I mean, yeah <laughs> in the past but it's yeah so when i saw that value i that's what i brought to my clients and i was like you know i had two different tracks you could come to me for like more mindfulness which is you know um focusing on the habits that support what i just described or it was right. like okay, like how can i read my hunger and satiety signals what do they look like um how how do I feel when I have like larger meals? How do I feel when I have smaller meals? How long do those meals last me? Mm -hmm. Like more of that. Um, and then I had like more of a performance track, mm -hmm. which is why I kind of like grinned when you said that in the beginning. Uh, and that was for folks who would take that mindfulness program and then combine it with a, a flexible dieting or tracking macros approach. Um, and so that's what my business looked like for a long time. Um, and then I realized that I was taking people, <laughs> I was taking people from the mindfulness track and they felt so good that they wanted to focus on the more specialized mm -hmm. and bringing them over to performance. And then I was taking people who were attracted to performance and bringing them over to more of a mindfulness side. And so it was constantly like this blend. So I forget when I did this, but it was a while back. I combined both programs because I was like, it's it's basically a spectrum, right? And right. it's on as a coach to read the client, ask the important questions, get a feel for what they need, and then support them in the way that they needed to be supported. And wherever they that leads them on the spectrum, that's where they're mm -hmm. at. And they're gonna fluctuate over time too. So it's just funny to like how similar we are. But if you're listening in, like you can hear the differences in um, like the end, you know, result just based on our personal experiences. Right. Yeah. 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 You're like, and I love that because that's what we like, especially on that more specialized fitness 
wellness side, right? Like I, the empowerment of macros, the empowerment of habits, the empowerment of, of knowing, like, if you want to go for something special, like, I love that you're, you know, that, that you've noticed that you gotta get to a good starting point before you get, you know, more specialized, before you know that you're, you feel safe, that it's okay for you to get more rigid, to, to get more focused, to get more, you know, specific, right? You have to be in a good mindset for that. It's harder to like pull people from that side and bring them to the mindfulness side or yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wait, was that a question? Yeah. So, okay. (laughs) I missed the, I missed, I missed the intonation. Yeah. Um, so do you find as a coach, is it more difficult to teach people who are very like, who only learn nutrition via tracking macros to teach them more mindfulness strategies? Or do you feel like it's more difficult to teach people how to track performance? No, I think so. Majority of the clients that I work through come for me because they want to break up with macros. Like eventually it just, there is, it it became such a big part of their life. That's like, I, yeah, don't want to like, or they realize at at one point I was like, I don't want to do this. Like I've had so, I think. I think I've had so many, especially in the beginning, and and um, that when I was still like more nutrition focused or quotations, um, it was like we'd start with macros, and they were like, "Yeah, I don't want to do this." I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm I'm glad that we came to that realization because <laughs> it's like okay, like it's it again. There's nothing wrong with it, but a lot of them that I that a lot of people that I attract are very similar to me that they were in that performance side that that's all that I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing and then you have that realization I don't want to like I want to learn how to not do that anymore so it's and it's a lot harder to I think they're both hard however I will say that it's harder when you're coming from that strict performance to break up from that and learn your maintenance back up and learn your life just like living period, no goals, no anything, like, I, that's a lot harder than when you're switching from, like, happy, already, like, established life into a performance, because, and that's where I think I'm, sometimes I, I think of my coaching as, like, the prereq to, for example, going into a performance yeah. specified yeah. coach, because I, I, like, my goal is for you to be mentally and physically stable that when you're so grounded on the inside that when shit hits the fan like you're not going to get addicted to macros you're not going to get sucked in and like waste your time you know being in this like little box because that's where you think your worth is no i'm settling your worth to be unconditional and then you can do whatever you want yeah right and then you have the strength and then you notice from your side from your um way that you went about bodybuilding is that solidness that my worth is not coming from what my body looks like my no worth is not coming from the numbers that i'm lifting right it's not coming from the competitions that i'm doing like i'm solid i'm doing this for fun yeah right and that's where i was like okay i'm gonna get like let's get confident let's get happy before you get yourself 
boxed in and rigid and like and very specific. I would even argue because I think competitive bodybuilding is such a perfect example of this is that when you say you're just going to be doing it for fun, you're not going to be hung up on what the end result is or what your physique looks like. A lot of folks will hear that and be like, well, well then why would I do it? And like, that's the point. You shouldn't be doing it if that's like, right. It, you're supposed to do this for like, right. It's an yeah. experiment. It's, it's, it's fun, right? Like it's another, you can push yourself to limits, right? Just like running a marathon. You're not like if, when I run, like it, it's for the fun of it. Yeah. Right. There's, especially when you have, and it's really hard for Foster to, to realize is especially when you have that validation need, right. That like, I want to get that, like I'm doing this for something to, to boost my worth. Yes, it will. But at the same time, you and I both know that it's, you you need to have a solid, like confidence, self-worth level before you do something. And that's a lot of the people realize when, after like working with me, it's like, why do I want to lose weight? Like, right. I, I don't want to anymore because I don't need to, like, I thought I needed to, to make my, to get myself to feeling this confident and this happy. And now I'm. Now I don't need to. Yeah. Right. Like, wow. What is life? <laughs> right. Because I think that's how people enter these, um, like fitness, nutrition, training, bodybuilding, whatever it is, even like marathon running. I, we, we both have experience with that, with getting involved in really specific things for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, just not feeling 100% fulfilled or dealing with like sometimes in the extreme, like with myself, it's like dealing with the the negative consequences after the fact, you know, mm -hmm. where you're like, oh, like I I was like depressed if I wasn't doing well um, and I couldn't function as a human. And I mm -hmm. see that on the coaching side of things where people get really you know, focus on these specialized goals. Um, and I have to like pull them aside and be like, okay, like what, what else is going on? What else are we focusing on? How right. do you, like, this is not today? you, right? Yeah. Like your, your accomplishment isn't you. Yeah. And right. that it's, it's difficult to, um, hear it's difficult to coach. And I think that's why it's not the most popular avenue of, of coaching. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't sell well, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's like if I tell you, it's like, no, I, I want, like I said, I want you to do this for fun, like bodybuilding, marathon running. Like, yes, it can boost you, and it's 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 going to. We all love validation, like if you get compliments or whatever, right? But it's not. You're not supposed to require that to like your own level of happiness. Yeah. And I think too, like a good baseline for me to just check in on myself and make sure that I'm still level-headed, like that, you know, equilibrium that you're talking about is to be like, if I weren't posting online, if I weren't competing, would I still do this? Would it yeah. still yeah. make me just as happy? And the answer is yes. But if you're like, well, if I'm not posting, what's the point? Or if I'm not competing, what's the point? Or if my body's not going to look like that, what's the point? Then it's like you're. There's you're something else for you to look at that. Yeah. Right. There's let's pause here and, yeah. and really investigate that because right. When exactly. It's like intrinsically motivated, which is, you know, a huge part of 
um, what motivates me in bodybuilding, it's like you will take those intrinsic motivators and apply them to other things. Like if I, if for whatever reason, bodybuilding just like shut down, we couldn't do it anymore. I would just take that, those, those values, those intrinsic drivers and apply them to something else. Right. <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> I remember you saying how it's like it's a perfect sport for you because like nothing changes like you're like a grandma and then I'm like oh you're just gonna yeah. crochet or something. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of true though. Like I just love I love that. I love like routine. I love predictability. I love like just constantly working on something steadily and knowing that I'm going to build it into something great. And right now that's my physique, but I mean, yeah, it could be a crochet project. Who knows? <laughs> I'll leave mine. You, have a, you have a cat already. So I'm, just I'm just, I'm just kidding. No, uh, no. I'm just kidding. Which is, but I, I want to shout you out because it, it, you, you love predictability and like one of your, you know, the, I'm just relating it to my, <laughs> my little psychology. It's like, you're one of the core needs is like, okay, Stable, stability, right? It's like, I love predictability and I love this. And at the same time, knowing how many tornadoes are in your life, you are really good at that, like the groundedness. Like, okay, tornadoes are going around, but I am I might lose my shit every now and then, but I also know my stability. Yeah, like, It's not that. external. It's, I'm like, mm -hmm. I know how to be okay. I think, I love that you pointed that out. I think, like I really value cognitive flexibility. I think that's something that I do really well in and it's not because it's natural to me, it's because of the situations that I have been in um, in my adult life. I don't know if you can hear my stomach growling, but there you go. Um, I've been doing things along this whole thing, so yes, time to break it off for food. <laughs> it was like a, a loud one, but yeah, like, when you throw out words like predictability, I think when people hear that in terms of physique training and physique competition, they're like, oh, if I stay consistent with my habits, everything is going to happen exactly how I anticipate them to happen. And that's not true whatsoever. It's a shit storm, like honestly. Um, you can be as consistent as possible and have a result that doesn't, you know, work well. Okay. You might have to pull out of the competition. Um, so, cognitive flexibility that's more so like when you're confronted with unanticipated outcomes or scenarios and being able to really like remain cool and <laughs> pick a course of action that's reflective of your values and principles and that gets you through it you know what I mean whatever you're getting through and so that's yeah that's something that I really value personally that I do well personally and I try to really drive home with my clients because I'm like I don't I don't care that you can execute this you know this plan and get 100% adherence I care like what are you gonna do if the scale's up five pounds and we don't know why <laughs> and, and the five percent that like throws you off right like, yeah and and I look and I shouting it out because like you called me once an acceptance coach and I'm like that's not like yeah. I have a client that's like literally that her vision was I just want to be this calm thing with all the tornadoes going on I'm yeah. like that's what we're getting because it it does require the confidence in self and the worth and the fact that you are untouchable and you can calm yourself like stay cool no matter what the outside looks like yeah and I'm you know, doing a lot of hand motions here with tornadoes and stuff. Italian, like, Italian, Italian. <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, 
Um, yeah, that was cool. That was a good, yeah, that was a good little, a good little nugget. But I think that that flexibility, that um, awareness is so undervalued in the greater industry and people, I mean, if you make that your number one priority, like you said, you're limitless, you're untouchable. Um, and it's just so much easier navigating these more specific goals because they like, it's like mm, consent almost. <laughs> like that's what I say, like you, they, you have your consent to do that versus like feeling like you absolutely yeah. have to do it in order to be yeah. who you want to be. Yeah. And on that like flexibility, it's I'm gonna tie it back as our last my last point to drive here with the um, the predictability. It's uh, life is a lot more in your control when you are flexible. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. you release the control of it, which is contradictory but so true. Yeah, man. Like so. even yesterday, like my husband's gone on an exercise. I have three kids. I was in it yesterday like just really struggling to keep up with everything that needed to be done but i was doing it you know i had my game plan i was shifting pivoting whatever you want to call it and then i got a call from the school nurse and she was like you need to come and pick up your son and i was like he can't wait the hour until you know the school bus brings him home and she was like no it needs to be immediately he was fine but I had to drop everything and go. And I could have had a really shitty like attitude about it. But instead I was like, where's the opportunity here? You know, how mm -hmm. can I use this to my advantage? This is just what it is, acceptance, right? Mm -hmm. And then falling back on what I know best, which is just staying in the moment and remaining flexible. And so, mm -hmm. you know, that can, it really just changes how you navigate any goal. Yeah, yeah valuable skill, really hard to learn for some folks, but it's like, that's where the nugget is. It's like when, yeah. when you can stand still with all the tornadoes, you're going to be fine. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that for us. I love that for you. Like, I love that we're like, again, just driving this, like rounding this out, right? Like we are a round table. <laughs> so it really is. I don't um, even think that we realized this when we, when we created this podcasts and we came and you know had this idea i think we knew it in a sense but like the more that we talk we're like oh well there's yeah we have the same core it's just different different sides of it yeah um just imagine an apple anyway um love that and that's <laughs> that and on that note my dog said we're done <laughs> all right so, um beautiful well um We'll come back with we have more some really fun topics in store i th i really think um i would love to, we talked a lot about body image today and i think we have a lot to say about that and i think yeah. i will i want to bring that in maybe in the next couple of episodes because there's a lot to talk about it um and i would love to hear both of our yeah like sides of um working with and what body image is isn't and and how to be with it yeah, I think it would be great. I'm sure we could cover multiple episodes. <laughs> oh, yeah. We could do a whole season on that. Yeah. So, anyway, right. um, fantastic. Well, Thanks for um, chatting. You can find us again on Instagram. Uh, shoot us if there's anything that you want to talk about. Shoot us a topic. We will be more than happy to cover or bring you on or just have a conversation about it. Um, 
And if you're a fellow coach and you want to collaborate and have something that you want to talk about, like we would love to have you on as well. Again, thanks for chatting and we will hear you soon.